Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. We're so thankful that you chose to listen to this message. To get more connected with us, you can look us up on all social media at CLC Victoria and download our app. Now, here's this week's message. Are you ready for the word? All right, here we go. Now it came to pass as they went, as they went that entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet, heard his word, but Martha was distracted. With much serving, she approached him and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? You ever met anybody like that? It's not fair. I'm doing all the work. You're not doing anything. Keeping score. So Martha was keeping score. And here goes. She goes and complains to Jesus. And she said, therefore, tell her to help me. Tell her, give me a hand. And Jesus answered and said to her, which probably shocked her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things say that with me many things you are troubled and worked up about many things but one thing is needed and mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her mary's got it Martha, I know you've been busy. See, Jesus was talking to Martha, and she was serving and working. Jesus wasn't even hungry. She was working, serving. He wasn't interested in any of that. And it, it almost looked like that, that Mary doesn't care. It almost seems that Mary is lazy. Because it looks like Martha's the one who's the hard worker. But in fact, in, in this scripture, I think the message is, Jesus wants to teach us how to work smarter, not harder. Because you ever heard the story about the, 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 log, the loggers who, who went in and had a competition? Have you ever heard that story? The older man and the younger guy had a competition? Raise your hand if you've heard that story before. The rest of you that haven't, we're fixing to talk, tell you that in just a second. You ready? Somebody say, Lord bless this sermon. And turn to, turn to somebody, high-five them, and give them a pinch and tell them, wake up, wake up. And you can be seated this Sunday morning. Hmm. So, there was a logger who was a veteran who was approached by a youngster who just got hired on. And he was bulky, he was fast, he was... He was strong, and he came up to him, and he said, I bet you I can outdo you, old-timer. The old-timer looked at the young logger and said, okay. He said, let's see how many trees one can do in one day. Young guy said, that's on. You're on. Let's do it. And they started. The whistle blew, and then they started to go and get at it. That young guy was going as fast as he can go, hitting it, hitting it, hitting it. Got one, got two. He's outperforming the older guy. And all of a sudden, he saw the old guy go and take a break. 
Then he knew he was going to win, but he never took a break, and he kept on going. Eventually, he kind of slowed down. But then he goes again. The old man kept on going and got back on the task. Then he saw the old man take a break again, and every time he took a break, about every 15 minutes or so, the young guy would get happy. But he never stopped. Never stopped and never refrained from exhausting his whole energy and all of his might into that. It looked like, it looked like that the old man was lazy. It looked like the old man didn't know what he was doing. The young guy, by the end of the day, he could barely swing that axe, but he never gave up. He kept on going. I don't know how many breaks the old man took, but they all compared afterwards. They looked at each other's pile, and the old man had more. And the young guy looks at the old man, and he says, I really don't understand it. I really don't understand. I saw you taking at least four breaks an hour. I saw you at least, you took a hundred breaks today. What is the deal? The old man looked at him and said, son, I wasn't taking a break. I went to go sharpen my axe. And that young guy kept on hitting the trees with the dull axe. He was fighting against himself. Essentially, what you see in this picture is Mary sharpening her axe or allowing God to sharpen her axe. And what we look in this picture, Martha is so caught up with, what's next? What do I have to do? Jesus said it himself. You're troubled about so many things. But Mary has chosen a good part. You know why we come to church, right? We come to church so the Spirit of God and the Word of God in combination can sharpen our spirit, strengthen our minds. It's good to come to the house of God. It's good to come to a place of worship where you can release that and you can let God hone some things in your life. Get rid of all the things that make you dull. Get rid of the, the attitudes or get rid of the depression. Get rid of the worry. Get rid of the concern. Just get realigned and find out why you do what you do and get reaffirmed in your faith that you were created for a greater purpose. But this is what happens when we go into God's presence. It doesn't necessarily have to be in God's house all the time, but it's a good place to start. All judgment begins and ends in the house of the Lord, begins in the house of God. That's what the scripture says. And, and, so, and so Mary is at the feet of Jesus. And she's being judged and she's being looked at like she's, like she's lazy, doesn't know what's going on. But Jesus reaffirms that this is a good thing. This is a good thing. Martha, I know you're busy. I understand. Because, you know, you're sweating, you're worried, you're antsy. But leave Mary alone. I used to think that busyness, busyness, just staying busy, God would bless. Now, I believe God smiles on us when we work hard and, 
and we labor. But don't exempt the logic and the common ground, the common sense that, that we need to have when staying busy. I, I know the difference. It's easy to keep yourself busy doing things, doing work, doing life. It's not just work that keeps you busy. Sometimes it's certain people that keep you busy. Sometimes it's people that take up all your time. Sometimes it's, it's a situation that will drain you. Here is the truth. There is a difference between staying busy and being productive. There's a difference. You can stay busy and wear yourself out, but that's not God's will. God's will is not to wear you out. That's actually what the devil wants to do is wear out the saints is what the Bible says. God's people, he never wanted them to be wore out. Look what happened to God's people in Egypt. What was Pharaoh's intent to take away the hay so they won't be able to make brick? They were busy, but they weren't being productive because they didn't have the right material. And that busyness was meant to make them weary. This is what most people deal with in the church, most of God's people. You have a sense of responsibility, but you lack the sense of direction and the focus and the why and the how that comes from the Spirit of God. A lot of people intend to do good or want to do good, and I'm not trying to sound condescending, but I've seen this so many times, so many times. How many of you remember, how many of you remember this? When you first got, maybe this is outside of your generation, but when I first got saved, I was encouraged, and I used to go with a group of people, and we used to hand out tracts at every house. Huh? Nobody? Nobody ever handed, come on, who, who's ever done that before? Every house. Hi. How you doing? Jesus loves you. Okay. Hollywood has messed that whole thing up. Now you show up at somebody's house, and uh, don't get me wrong. I know I'm going to offend somebody, but that's okay. Show up at someone's house now in your neighborhood and just tell them Jesus loves you. The next thing you're going to look for is look you up and down to make sure you're not wearing a robe. See <laughs> who's with you. See if somebody's parked over there around the corner. They associate you, they associate you with, with a cult. Knocking on, now listen, if God tells you to go knock on doors and give a track, then go ahead. You just obey God. Go for it. But God's not telling me that. God hadn't told me that in a long time. What God has been telling me is, is that through relationship with him, spending more time with him, the less time I have to spend with men and women, and he'll give me a word for somebody or make things happen or give me the right connections, and I've just listened to his voice, God will direct me. Because we made our, we, a whole Saturday. I remember that. Do you remember that? 
Nobody's remember. Nobody. I mean, am I talking? Is this? Am I that old? I mean, every. It was like every other Saturday. Okay, this is the day we're going out, and we're going to pass out our tracks. Now, there's a cool thing you can do, and you can go and th- leave things on the door if they allow you to solicit whatever. That's cool too. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, okay, we're going to knock on these doors, and we're going to ask to pray for them. And that's great if the Lord tells you to do that. But we did it because we just were doing it because we, we, I think we felt better about ourselves, about fulfilling the Great Commission. Yeah. I think we felt like, okay, um, you know what? We're called to do this. He said, go out into the world. We're going to go out into the world. And, and, and God did say that, but he never told us to do that specifically. And we did it anyways because we had good intentions. Most of the people slammed the door in our face. I have a church. Thank you. No, thank you. I don't need prayer. Every once in a while, we'd run into somebody. There was a real need. And I think God blessed our efforts and sent us and had that one. So we all got back together and we all share our stories Oh, my God, praise the Lord, rejected for his name's sake. Thank you, Jesus. It was wonderful. I'm counted as one of them. I'm going to stand next to Paul and not be ashamed because they were martyrs, and I got the door slammed in my face. You understand what I'm talking about? I'm beating a dead horse, but you understand what I'm talking about, right? God wants us to work smarter, not harder. Soul winning, favor, promotion, deliverance. I'm going to teach you the secret of being unbalanced. The secret of being unbalanced. Our focus in life has always been, and we use it all the time, we got to be balanced. I heard somebody tell me this one time, you have to be balanced with God. And I have to say, after looking and thinking of that, I understand what they're referencing, but I do believe that you, in God, you have to be unbalanced. In this sense. You can't say, I'm going to give this much to God, and I'm going to have this much for myself. I'm going to give this much to God, and I'm going to give God this much time, and I'm going to give God this much of my heart. I'm going to allow him to live in this area of my life, and for this, I'm going to reserve for myself and selfish reasons, and I have plans, I have agendas, I have dreams, I have, uh, of course, my family, and uh, my finances, my savings, my, my retirement. But God, you can have... Um, you can have Sundays, you can have Wednesdays, well, just Sundays. <laughs> huh? you, can have, you can have 15 seconds right before I eat every meal. You can have a minute right before I go to bed. You can have, you can have that one minute in the shower where I'm getting ready in the morning. And we try to come up with the excuse of balancing things out when really it's like this. 
unbalanced when it should be like this, unbalanced this way. Being unbalanced to make God your all in all, to invite him and put him first in your life will cause you to spend less time trying to make all these other things happen because God will begin to do the work for you. Thank you to that one or two people. I stopped preaching for applause a long time ago. <laughs> if you're going to applause, give God some praise. Give God some praise. Come on. Give God some praise. <laughs> Unbalanced. Oh, I got to stay balanced. Oh, you got to stay balanced. No, 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 no. Fall in love head over heels with Jesus Christ. I've learned that when you're not balanced in God, you're allowing the carnal side to converse with the spiritual side, and sometimes things get goofy. I've learned that the more you pray, the more wisdom you have. People who experience something spiritual in their lives, lots of times they have one experience and they build off of it with their carnality or their human thinking and they try to reason with that and it's confusing. That's why when you talk to people and you tell them things, it doesn't make sense. You see, sometimes God gives you images and gives you impressions, not to simply repeat them, but to give you wisdom so you can understand a situation from his perspective with your knowledge. But he doesn't expect you to explain it just like you saw it. He expects you to explain it the way you would perceive it through his spirit. I've said this story before. I've had some strange people come up to me sometimes and tell me crazy things. One lady came up to me one time after a service. She said, Pastor, I don't know what this means, but I looked at you, and you had a huge toe up there. <laughs> a huge toe, Pastor. I'm going to pray about it. I don't know what that means. I should have blew her away and said, you know what? I have an ingrown toenail. <laughs> I don't know what that meant. Didn't find out. Still don't know. So if you start seeing big toes, if I have another big toe, sign me up for the circus. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Crazy things. You're unbalanced. You're unbalanced. You're still learning. You're still trying to understand how to convey how God talks to you. And it's not clear to you. But you see, hearing the voice of God requires his full attention. And, and, and also, also working. I'm leaning to this because there's business people that are here. I love business people. I love people who, who work hard. I, I love people who are in management positions. I love you at any level, serving or, or just, a, just a nine to five. I don't care what your position is. If you're busy doing something to provide a living for your family, it's an honorable thing. But I've learned a long time ago that sometimes I'd work too hard. Now, I believe in hard work, but I was working on the wrong things in the wrong way. And I did all this work and never got ahead. <laughs> I was worried about so many things, and I became weary, and I would go to God, and I would complain to God, why, Lord, I'm working this hard. I'm giving the way I should. I am doing this. I'm doing that, and look at, look at them. 
They're blessed, and they're not doing anything. They're just praying all the time. That's why, dummy. You're worried about so many things. You're trying to manage everything with your own mind and your own thinking. God, if he's going to be your CEO, if he's going to run your corporation or run your business or run your family or, or, or is going to guide you and be your mentor, everybody needs a mentor. Jesus should be your number one mentor in your life. He's alive, folks, isn't he? His spirit lives inside of you. There is one that's greater than Solomon, he said, and that was him. His word is everlasting. It is going to endure forever. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but his word will what? Will never, ever pass away and fade away. That word is truth. Solid. Listen to this. John 15 and 4 through 8, it says, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. Everyone say fruits. Fruit represents being productive. Produce. How many, of you, how many of you, when you go into H-E-B or Walmart, that's the first place you go to is the produce section? You're drawn to it. Plus, you got to put those in positions sometimes where you don't get everything else smushed. And you, you know, you just, you're just drawn to it naturally. Naturally, most of us at least. But in the kingdom, that should be our drive. And what we're attracted to is producing fruit. We want results, don't you? Don't you want results? Here's why you get results. So he said, uh, if anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they burn. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. It is God's will for you to be a fruit bearer. Now, you have to identify what that fruit is. And I'm going to help you identify that. But then he goes on to say, so you will be my disciples. Ah, there's the key. Disci he just gave the answer. Discipleship is the key for bearing much fruit. What is fruit? That word fruit, it means productivity and produce. Things that have been produced out of your life. Do you remember when Jesus talked about the parable and talked about the talents that were given? And there were some that, that went and invested. And Jesus does believe in ROI. If you don't know what ROI means, it's return on investment. Jesus believes in that. Because even in that parable, Jesus went on and he said, <laughs> one brought back a percentage of his investment that he brought and put into him. We called it talents. But one of the servants went and hid that talent in the ground because he was afraid. And he said, I kept it safe for you. I didn't make any, uh, I didn't take it to try to multiply it 
or tried to invest it myself. I kept my talent, and we've always used the word talent through meaning our, meaning our giftings and so forth. But that talent is actually, are you ready? Your calling in your life and the mandate for God that he gave you to produce fruit, which is results. That result is based on your calling. Not everyone has the same calling. We are all called to win souls. True, right? We are all called to serve in the kingdom, right? We are all called, not everyone's called to be business people, business owners, but you are called to provide a living for your family, right? That's half of you. That's where you get stuck. You are called to bring results. People in the scripture that changed nations were prosperous in their life. God used them because they had leverage of influence. Look at Joseph, Abraham. Now, if your fruit-producing life was meant to, not everybody's going to produce the fruit and maybe the same amount, but you were supposed to produce much. At age 90, all Abraham could produce was one child. But God said, be fruitful and multiply. And all he had the energy to do at the age of 90 was one. But Isaac did many because his level of influence was going to change according to his age and calling and where he was at, but he did his job. He did his job. Not everybody will produce the same amount of fruit, but in your life, it should be much. There are people in this building that are able to produce much fruit as a business owner. You're able to produce millions. There are other people that were meant to produce at least in, the, in, the, in six figures. There are people in this building that were meant to win thousands of souls. There are people in this building that were meant to maybe just win the one that God's called you or the two. But that's your fruit. That's your calling. But you have to produce it because it doesn't matter. God wants to return on his investment. He puts something inside of you. He's a great investor. He wants something back from it. But you can't do it by being balanced. You have to be unbalanced and love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and with all your strength. That's how it works. That's how it works. Under the new covenant, God wants us to work smarter, not harder. He wants to give us the answers before the test. He wants to give us direction before the confusion. He wants to give us peace before the battle. He wants to give us joy before the sorrow. He wants to make it easier for us. And so the key to getting results in your life is knowing where and when and how you need to sow your time and sow your effort and stop wasting your time. Are you ready? Stop wasting your time on people that are draining you. I should have got some good amens right there because I know a few things. I'm going to say it one more time because I think God deserves more. Stop wasting your time on people who don't really care, who don't, who hate to hear about your good reports and 
that you tell them great things about your children, and they're like, oh, that's wonderful, that's great. Look, Mijo got an A yesterday. Oh, that's so good. God just blessed us. Really? That's nice. You ever met anybody like that? You tell them something automatically, they just kind of... <laughs> right? I stopped sharing my news with people. I, I, I just stopped sharing with people who can't celebrate me or celebrate the wins in my life because... What, but, but I tell you what I love to do, I love celebrating the wins in your life. Because if I can celebrate your wins, then I can be in a position to accept mine. But it's not about me neither. I'm just celebrating my wins like saying like this in my life. I, I just kind of go, thank you, Jesus. And Lord, I know, I know that was you, God. Thank you, Father. We love you, God, and we're so thankful for you. And I'm going to just keep doing what I'm doing. You know, the same process it took for you to get an answered prayer is the same process it's going to take to see you, watch you, to help you see that prayer mature, that answered prayer mature. An answered prayer many times may be a relationship, right? An answered prayer may be a new job, right? Or a job opportunity, right? You know what you did in that position when you were ready? When you were ready for the position or the opportunity? It was after a season of hope, uh, humility, brokenness, fasting, prayer, and seeking God's will. And, and above that, a certain heart condition where you were able to give your attention to God and he came first. That's how God opened up the door for you. But it never occurs to us that after the door is open, it requires the same mindset in order to see it prosper. Does that make sense? Watch. Watch this. Luke chapter 5, verses 4 through 6. This is what we have to realize. Now, Simon was a great fisherman. That was his trade, right? That was his trade. I've been on guided fishing trips, on guided fishing trips, and I'm going to tell you, um, they took me places that I had no clue there was fish there. And I, and I, I asked the question, how do you know that the fish are here? Most of the time they tell me, I've been fishing these waters for years, just experience. Other times they tell me, well, I saw these other guys catching a lot of fish there, and I figured I'd try it the next day. Not everybody knows the waters, well, except fishermen most of the time, or people that have been out there to experience it. But Peter knew it. Peter knew the waters. And, and in fact, they were fishing all night. And right here, they got tired. They were weary. This is where most of us live. They're weary. When he had stopped speaking, there's Jesus. He said to Simon, Launch out into the deep, let your nets for, down for a catch. But Peter answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. We've done this already, Lord. I've done this already. I did it. You know what, you know what the, the definition of insanity is, right? It's, 
It's doing the same thing over and over and over without results. And some of you are going crazy doing the same thing over and over and over, 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 without getting the maximum results for your investment, invested time, invested effort. You're not getting the return back, and you're getting frustrated, and you don't know why. I'll tell you why. Number one, get this down and realize this, because whether you like it or not, you are a child of God. And you are different. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't like it. I'm just simply saying it's a done deal. You're bought with the price. You belong to him. You're not your own. You're a, child, you're a citizen of another kingdom, folks. And when you said yes to God, you gave him permission to come in, to retrain you, and just to undo your thinking from the ways of Egypt. To undo your thinking... Moses was wealthy. Moses was wealthy. But God had to bring him out of Egypt. He still was a blessed man in the wilderness. He had herds of cat, he had herds of sheep. He had cattle. He had a life. But he had to become unlearned. Then God could use him. Now, they became without, with, without any, any need of anything else. They walked out of Egypt again when God released them with all the riches of Egypt. He restored them. God will restore you when you come to your right mind. And God will use you when you have come to a place where you realize, I can't do it without you. I can, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I know I'm going to either climb up the wrong wall I'm either going to make the wrong decision, I'm going to lose myself in it, and I don't want to do that. The key to becoming successful or doing something productive for God is to be unbalanced. So you, anything you do in word or deed, you do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything we have belongs to him. And so Peter said, Lord, we've done this already. We've toiled all night, Master, all night. But he said, nevertheless, look at this in verse 5, nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. Here are the lessons we need to learn. And I'm going to move on. I'm coming to a close. I got two points. Number one, here's the point. Time spent with Jesus is not time wasted. The moment Jesus stepped into their boat is the moment they became productive. Imagine that. All night. How many of you have had some all-nighters? Now, I'm, not just talk, I'm just talking about figuratively. Like maybe the last five years has been all, an all-nighter for you. You've worked. You're taught. Maybe this past year. Maybe this past month. Whatever it is, how many of you are going through an all-nighter right now? You've done it, you've tried it, and it's like not doing what it needs to do. There's a reason why. Here's how you break it. Are you ready to break it? Let Jesus step into your life or let Jesus step into your boat. How do you do that? You're doing it right now by coming to church. 
But here's, it's more than just sitting down and coming to church. Coming to church, sitting down on a chair or a pew does not make you a Christian. Like you standing in your garage does not make you a car. Or holding a pen does not make you the best-selling author in the world. It's what you do in that moment. It's what you put in determines what you get out. So when you're coming to spend time with Jesus and you're going home to spend time with Jesus, and then you give him that quality time if you don't have quantity. It's quality always over quantity. I promise you, give God five intense, focused minutes with him every day, and you'll get more done than you would have just driving behind the windshield, just singing every once in a while and praising the Lord just a little bit, just on the right tune, the right feeling, the right emotion. Give God some focused time. It's not time wasted. That's when you say, Lord, I surrender. I'm going to do my very best. I don't know how to do it, but I'm going to ask you to teach me because the Spirit of God says, uh, because in the Bible it said that the Spirit of God shall teach us all things. Well, ask him to teach you. Ask him to teach you. It, I wish I had an illustration here, but our, our iPad is messed up. Can you do it? Try to set it up, son. Here, here is here's what most people end up with in their life. They end up with a lot of time, or I'm sorry, a little time. You got it? Thank you. Getting back in the groove. They end up with this. An empty tank and still have a long ways to go. They're spent. Our destination is right here. Oops. Right here. That's our destination. That's what we're trying to reach. Right there. And, and here you are. <laughs> here you are. Where are you at, boy? Where are you at? Where are you at? I wish you were this guy right here. Going the wrong direction. That's okay. Driving backwards. <laughs> Most of you start off right here. That's where you're starting off at. But this is where you started off with. You started off with a full tank. You're full. I mean, honestly, you're just full and, and you're ready to go and this is where you need to be. But this is what happens. Along the way, I know I could be a lot more cleaner with this, but I'm going to just do this. Along the way, we run into people. Don't you love people? People. And here you go. You're starting to go. 
and you go and you come into this one person, you're supposed to be up here, okay? And, and now you're, you come up to one person, and that person, you started off, everything was good, then all of a sudden you spend enough time there, things start changing, and you get drained, you get stuck in the drama, they need to counsel with you all the time because they're not praying. Hello. Ooh, my God, that stung. I even felt that. They've wasted all your time. Here's the bad news. The bad news is if there's not a gas station for 100 miles that way, you got to go back to the beginning. You ever been there before? And here you go. And finally, 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 you're done with that situation for a little bit. So you think, okay, let's go. Let's keep on driving. Then all of a sudden you realize, wait a minute, we got one more problem. We got a money issue. Because you started off and you're going down the road, but then you come into this problem. And at this point, your emotional bank, your emotional fuel tank, your emotions, they're going down even further now. You're about a quarter of a tank, and you're only, you're, you're only halfway to your destination, and it took you three quarters of a tank just to get right here. You see, the, you do the math. You understand what I'm saying? Because every time you get down the road, there's always that one something. It's amazing, folks, how wise and how miraculous the Holy Ghost is. It's amazing how, how God will give you. See, <clears throat> the prayer that Jesus prayed for the disciples wasn't, Lord, take them out of the world, because he said it. Go read John chapter 17. Go read it. He said, Lord, I pray that you don't take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the world. So there are certain things that God wants to keep you from. Uh, the disciples prayed the prayer. Their daily prayer was uh, they, taught the, how to, they taught them how to, Jesus taught them how to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then he goes on and says, deliver us from temptation. Keep it from us. Prayer keeps us from certain things. The Spirit of God, being in love with God, will keep you from certain problems and give you wisdom and give you favor. Many times the conflict you have with people isn't, the problem really isn't with you. The drama really isn't with you. The problem is they have an internal conflict with themselves. But you get so attached to it, they say something hurtful to you, and there we go. You just used up a half a tank of gas. You just used up a half a tank of emotion, and you're drained. You're like, oh, my God, man, I need a vacation. From one person. <laughs> uh, 
I wasn't raised in church. So I can tell you right now, I got, there's just certain family members, I love them to death, but I just stay away from them. Love you. You get the card. I'll send you a card. Right? Oh, am I, oh, excuse me. Sorry, am I the bad guy here? Everyone has a perfect family here? Huh? Excuse me. I didn't know I was in that kind of church. <laughs> I'm not ashamed. Jesus had dysfunctional people in his family, right? Look on Jesus' lineage, man. He had prostitutes. He had people that lied, and he had people that, I mean, Abraham couldn't get it right, slept with the wrong woman the first time. So <laughs> my family, <laughs> we're not perfect, but God's perfect. God loves us. Look, the Holy Ghost and the Word of God will give you the wisdom, most of the time, it's just simply not dealing with it and just simply loving people regardless of how they treat you and what they say. And there's some battles you were never meant to fight. Stay away from it. But when it comes to supernatural provision and favor, God, that is a management issue. That is a management issue. I've accepted this and I've learned this, that Money issues always are issues that are around management. Number one, the management of the gift that God placed inside of you. He gave you the ability to learn how to be productive and reproduce and learn how to invest and learn how to do this. Number one, the best investment you can ever have in your life, your life is, number one, investing in God's kingdom. Number one. And you can't say, God, I'll, I'll invest in your kingdom when you give me a million dollars. Or give me, uh, we'll invest when, when we make more money. That's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. I've seen that even in my personal life. You got to invest now in God's kingdom because the returns from God's blessings, you need them. You need God's blessing. He really doesn't need your money, but, but he's going to use your money and use you. And while you give, he's going to calibrate your heart. And it change your heart and your, where your treasure is there, where your heart be also. And it'll change some things. But that's how you get into whatever you want God to touch in your life. You have to give to God. If you want God, if you give him the 10, he'll bless the 90. He'll bless the 90. I'm telling you for a fact. He will bless the 90. And so when you get to that place, and there should have been a money, a money issue, that money issue wasn't a pit hole. It wasn't a pit in the road. It was just a little speed bump. I can go all the way to empty. I can go all the way to empty, but I, I'm going to. I'm going to give you one more, then I'm closing. Okay? Are you all with me? Yeah. Let's do this for a moment. Lift up your hands and give God a little praise break right now. Tell him, thank you for what I'm getting so far, God. Just tell him. Say, Lord, touch me. Touch my mind. Just, God, let me get the rest of this. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I'm going to put this here. Because I believe it's a source of many things, many things, and we need to acknowledge it, fear. This fear, when we get to it, some people fear succeeding. But this right here will empty your fuel tank. Fear, fear of getting hurt. 
It's part of your destination. You're never going to get past facing your fears unless, unless you're able to go right through them. You have to go right through them. Many people fear success because they're afraid that, oh my God, if I get too successful, uh, my, my, my marriage isn't going to last, or, or uh, I'm going to lose my heart and get carnal. I'm going to, uh, you know what? We're just going to stay poor. Forget it. We're just going to stay poor and stay saved, and we'll get our mansion when we get to heaven. Praise <laughs> the Lord. You've got to get an answer to God now for what he put inside of you. My Bible says it's his will for you to be the lender and not the borrower. The head and not the tail. Above and not beneath. Blessed in the city and blessed outside the city. My Bible says that you are to have dominion over the earth and take what God has given and use it to be productive. When God told Adam, be fruitful and multiply, the word fruitful comes from the word being productive. It, doesn't, it didn't come from the word that means to have offspring. That's what we thought, and that's what we think. It meant to be productive with the resources that he gave us. So God didn't give us, one person said it like this, God didn't give us furniture, he put it in the trees. God didn't give us cars, he put it in the ore in the mountains. God didn't give us uh, market, he put it in the waters and he put it in the fields, and we shoot them every season and we hook them every season with a net. But everything in the earth was given to us so we can be productive. Then he said, multiply. Then he said, be fruitful from that. And then he said, then you can influence and have influence in the earth. You need to study your Bibles, realize that. This is why. The church has missed it, and we become poor and barely, and always barely getting by because we're afraid to step out and be everything that God's called us to be. Not everyone has a ministry. This is not the top of the world, being a minister. It's a great calling. Being a pastor has a lot of stress with it. Trust me, there's, there's, a, lot of, uh, there's a lot of little things that, that cause my heart to to just get turned inside out whenever you're in this position. But this is, and there's a lot of, uh, how would I say this? It's a pleasure to be up here talking to you all. It's, a, it's an honor. It's such a privilege to pray for you. It's such a privilege to look up here and see your faces, to know that I, I got to pray for you every week and I have to get ready for you to receive something, to teach you to go out and do something. But this is not the higher calling. Your higher calling is what you are meant to be. And there are business people. There are athletes, attorneys, politicians. Yes, politicians. If you will take your life and get unbalanced, God will take the knowledge that you've gathered from college, whatever you're reading from your job, and give you the edge like he gave Daniel like he gave Joseph like he gave Moses like he gave to Paul like Jesus even had to become a person of influence we complain about 
the government all the time. But if you want to see the government change, start raising your children. Maybe they may have the calling in their life. So when God raises them up, maybe they can be the godly influence we've been needing. That's how things are changing. I've said this for many years, and I'm going to say it again, but I feel like I need to say it. Don't, you can get mad at me if you want to. Well, I really don't care, but you can get mad at me if you want. The, the, the Muslim people have got it right. They knew, and they know, if they want to take the world over and influence, they raise their children those little boogers will quote the Quran back and forth. And they really believe what they believe. False religion it may be. But they believe it. And now they know they educate themselves to get into governmental systems and places of influence. They come and buy all of our properties. And we complain about our, our debit cards being hacked into at gas stations. Is that too close to home? I'm sorry. And they have children that are trained up in the way they should go. And they go, see, that's a biblical principle, but it's applied wrong. When all we're doing over here is saying, oh, my God. I think if I just look the part, live in a nice house, have a nice car, and stand out, everyone's going to like me. I'm a success. That's not being successful. Being successful is leaving a legacy, influencing your children, training them up in the way they should go, and getting them prepared to go out into a world where we as Christians can dominate the world. Yes, I did say dominate because that was God's commandment to his people. Go and take dominion, influence. The kingdom was meant to be a place of influence. And go out there, raise up your children, yourself in the ways of God. Be the best that you can be. If God called you to be a carpenter, then be the best carpenter you can be and go and, and build more than just little chestnut drawers. Go build more than just little pine boxes. Go and build a house and go and, and be, build a neighborhood and go and be an influence and learn business and let God direct you and let God be the source of your life. You understand what I'm trying to tell you? I'm trying to talk to champions and people that are in this building. It doesn't matter how old you are. If all you can do is make tamales, and I've had some of your tamales, if all you can do is make salsa, and I've had some of your salsa, then be the best tamale salsa maker in the world and let God use that. And pray God open up a market for it and pray that God will give you influence. I don't care what it is. God wants his return back on his investments. He wants to anoint you like he's anointed everyone else. I, I, mean, I have one more point, but I have to stop. God wants you to get. Oh, man. God wants you to get to your destination. He wants you to make it all the way. He doesn't want you to have to go through everything and never get there. But I'm going to tell you, he also wants you to do it on a full tank of gas. He wants you to do it while you're still in full. The problem is where we get our fuel from 
is not God's source. That's why we got to keep going back. But when the Holy Ghost is everywhere and he's your strength, he's your source, he's where you go to get your fuel from, it doesn't matter where you run out, he'll fill you up every single time. That's how you get to your destination. That's how you get there. You got to be like the old man that went and sharpened his axe. Thank you, Lord. You got to be like the man that went back to sharpen his axe. Listen, along the way, as these little problems should become praise breaks in your life right here. These little problems along the way should be a moment of devotion and prayer, exercising your faith. I'm going to break the TV. There should be a lot of things here that cause you, provoke you to pray and seek God. Listen, do I have to tell you again? Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? Greater is he that's inside of you than him that's in the world. Did you know the greatest businessman there ever was was Jesus Christ? And you have him inside of you? And he has a thought about your business. He has a thought about the way you're doing things. He has ideas. He'll do miracles. He'll make supernatural provision. That's how this all happened to begin with. It's going to take the same power, the same authority, the same influence in your life that it did when it took you to start it and get the blessings to come, then it will to get you to your destination, to your full potential. Full potential. I'm telling you this. Get focused. Here's what I leave you with conclusion this. Here's the conclusion. Without focus, your life becomes a blur. And you can't see, and you don't know. But get focused again. Get focused again. Our mission here at Covenant Life Center is to help our world live, give, and love like Jesus. If our ministry has impacted you in any way, we would love for you to email us at info at clcvictoria.org. You can get connected with us through our social media at clcvictoria and download our app.